<laughs> Hello, hey, and welcome to the conversation uh, where every week we get together uh, and we just talk about matters of our faith, uh, matters of our religion, uh, stuff we talk about, our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we want to invite you to these conversations that we have. Um, I am Todd Brown, and this is Rick Coop, mm-hmm. uh, and you are in the, the Conversation Podcast. Ta-da. So we finished a podcast a while back called Sin, and it was just talking about what is sin and, and mm-hmm. what are the nuances of that. Um, and we kind of knew when we started it, there's probably going to be a part two. There might be a part four, five, and yeah. six. We don't yeah. know. Um, but there were some pieces that we felt like made sense for us to go back to. Uh, and so this week we're continuing that conversation on sin. I'm going to try my bestest to have a link for you to go back and check out part one if you haven't seen it. But I think you can even kind of float along with us here mm-hmm. um, if, uh, if you haven't. So if you want to know what uh, the definition of sin is and, and a deeper dive into that, go back to part one. It won't be called part one. It's just called sin. Um, and we're talking about this week expanding that idea. Uh, to walk out into the waters a little deeper um, and understand more. Um, I think you said it best when you said sin is complex. Yeah. I, it's so simple, but it's so complex. We we have a concept of what sin is, but inside that, there are so many variables mm-hmm. to, to that. And that's kind of one of the things we wanted to talk about today. Um, is the sin... Is sin and, and when we were talking about doing this, is sin the same for you as it is for me? Yeah. And and I can answer that with a definitive yes and no. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But not really all but, the time. Yeah. Uh, um, yes, it's exactly the same for you and I, only different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and we, we're going to need to explain that because there's going to be people, no, sure. sin is sin is sin is sin. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end of the conversation, you'll know what we're, the folks will know what we're talking about when yeah. we say, yeah, it is not. But not. Yeah. So in order to be able to have that conversation, we need to have a brief review sure. of yeah. what yeah. what is what what is this? There may be people who don't even now. Come on, it, it's it's hard for us in Bible Belt to understand mm-hmm. that somebody doesn't even know what you're talking yeah. about when you say sin. Yeah. But what is a sin? Uh, here we go. Well, so many. Some, let's get some yeah. hard. There are some people yeah. who who've been brave enough to write it down. Um, what are some? What is a sin? Um, missing the mark. Missing not, not. Um, it's like a, a shooting at a target mm-hmm. and trying to hit the bullseye and not hitting the bullseye. So it, it can be like missing the mark. It's uh, something broken, broken into pieces is another definition for sin. Um, it's wandering from the path, whose path, God's path, God's plan for our life. Um, it, it, by, the Bible also refers to sin as a rebellion against God's authority, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, against who He is and, and who He wants to be in our life and, and how He wants the relationship with Him, but that's a rebellion against that. I, I, I put it like God's plan uh, is easy, my burden's easy, don't eat from this tree, follow this path is better. Uh, man's plan harder 
Uh, but God, I have a better way to do this. I, you know, yeah. I always uh, wanted to try that yeah. version. <laughs> well, what's it going to hurt to eat from that tree? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. the, the the Lord says, "Look at this. Or follow this path." And we go, "But but that one looks better." Yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it it it's transgressing from what God's will is to our own will. So the, I think a modern definition. So there's an Old Testament definition mm -hmm. of sin, and the Old Testament definition of sin is God said, "Don't do that." Yeah. If you do that, you sin. Right. Um, and even to the point of in the Old Testament, there is the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, and Numbers have a lot of ways of um, um, uh, make, making re retribution for a sin. Mm -hmm. But there's even retribution for sin that you didn't know you committed. Yes. Okay. So yeah. that's an Old Testament very these are the rules. Mm -hmm. Don't break the rules. You broke the rules. Even if you didn't know it was a rule. Right. There's that's a very Old Testament way of looking at it. More of a modern translation or concept of that is this concept from I think I, no I think I know. John Wesley's definition of a sin would be more of a Christian mm. definition of a sin which would be a willful transgression against God. Mm -hmm. You 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 knew better and you did it right um or you knew that that wasn't god's plan right but you decided you were going to take this other path you were going to do this other thing so um <clears throat> uh billy graham says a sin is any thought or action that falls short of god's will that's right. more along the lines of what you were talking about mm -hmm. god is perfect and anything that we do that falls short of his perfection is sin so that's a little more of the legalistic way of thinking of it but it really is sure if you knew i think you can take that plus wesley if you know mm -hmm. that it's wrong and you do it mm -hmm. this is sin um it, it reminds me of and and i think we've all ran into it the the little kid staring at the parent and the parent saying don't do that <laughs> and the little kids don't do that Stop! Don't do. Th yeah. Do not touch it. Yeah. You met my granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> or my. I kids have one. Or, I have one who's that way. She's like, I got. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Grandpa. Yeah. I'll have to try it. Yeah. Sorry about but, you. We're gonna have to do but this. But it's like you said. It's the, that paints the picture of the willful. I'm going to willful do this transgression against God. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Doesn't matter what you say, and, and 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 both things apply. And again, go back to the original. Both things apply. Yeah. If you if you if you do something that is against what God, the way God designed this thing, even if you don't know you weren't supposed to do it, it's still mm -hmm. going to whoop you. Yeah. It's 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 going to have a punishment of its yeah. own. But there's a difference um, in doing something willfully against. You. And in that manner, I think yes. Sin is sin is it's, sin is sin. Mm -hmm. it, it's mm -hmm. the same. There will be a consequence yeah. for doing it right the wrong way. How does God react to that? Yeah. What is God's what is Jesus Christ feeling about that? And mm -hmm. what can we glean from looking at mm -hmm. Christ in, in, in some of those things? Mm -hmm. Um Well I think that's I, before I answer that. I want to go no, into. No, that's our conversation. Yeah, and I and I want to go into a, a couple of questions. 
that I that I'm going to ask and that I hope we can explore. Number one, when you mature or as you mature in the Christian faith, does the path of righteousness get more narrow? Meaning, as you learn more, does that path get smaller um, so that the guidelines are more pronounced? And if you cross them, you know, is there more leeway, I guess is what I'm saying, as a young Christian? Um, and the other thing is, truly, what if you don't know that something's wrong? and you do it you know Mary and I like to travel mm -hmm. and we were two different places on two different islands and one of them is I've always wanted to find a conch shell just have I just always thought it would be neat yeah. you know those big giant <clears throat> shells and um, found out on the island that if you try to take one of those home, mm -hmm. you're in big trouble, dude. <laughs> I mean, major trouble. It has to be, you can buy them in the store, but if you take it from, especially the, the people who buy them in stores, usually there's a hole been poked in them. Okay. Um, and that lets you know that they've either been eaten or, you know, by whatever human being or whatever, or that they're, they're older, you know. Um, now, have I found one? Yeah, found one. It was smaller. Picked it up, looked inside. It had seaweed and everything all over. I thought, ah, oh, wow, this is kind of great. And as I'm walking up to show Mary, <laughs> the creature was yeah. still inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, the tenant said, hey. Yeah. I thought, now I understand. Yeah. You know, you're why. moving my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the other thing is. Um, Mary likes to collect sea glass. Mm -hmm. It's glass that's been tumbled around, and it's very polished and very pretty, and it looks like multicolored rocks. Well, there's a particular island that they do not want you taking the sea glass, not even accidentally. Okay. We knew it because we try to study the laws before we go to a you know particular one island you can't they do not want you 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 will be arrested if you're wearing camouflage anything yeah tennis shoes you're pants, impersonating shirt. the police yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we investigate things so we because we don't want to break anybody's law but there was a person ahead of us who had sea glass and they were pulled aside and got to meet customs security was starting to talk to them let you me know. introduce you uh, to a yeah. representative of local government so if you don't know so the two questions that i, I would but it like, was still like illegal say, yeah still they didn't illegal. know but it yeah. was still illegal still and illegal. they could still get in trouble they still exactly. have a fine and yeah and does the path get smaller does do things tighten up a bit the more we mature in our christian faith so we went we spent this week with our granddaughters and our new grandson um, and I'm sorry if you are a pastor's grandchild or child or wife, you or husband, you are going to be a part of stories. So get over it. Mm -hmm. um, but we have a seven-year-old granddaughter. We have a four-year-old granddaughter, and we have a six-day-old grandson. Um, the rules are not the same mm -hmm. for them. 
and it doesn't really have to do with that it's okay for the four-year-old to do something that it's not okay for the seven-year-old mm-hmm. to do in a in a strict sense, but it is a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. The, the road is narrowed for our for our seven-year-old granddaughter. For our thirteen-year-old grandson, the road is quite a bit more narrow. Yeah. Uh, because what? Because you expect them to know. They mm-hmm. know. They, they don't. They they don't just know the. They don't know the rule. Mm-hmm. They know the why of the rule. You don't punch your sister in the head because mom and dad said don't punch your sister in the head when mm-hmm. you're when you're two or three. Sure. It's because mom and dad said don't do it. When you're seven, you need to understand. You you should already grasp that the reason you don't punch your sister in the head is because it hurts your sister, mm-hmm. and you should have empathy for your sister and. You've been hit in the head a few times, and you know that that what that feels like. Yeah. You grasp the motivation of it, and so now I shouldn't have to tell you, don't punch your sister in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Because we get the head thing. Yeah. The stomach isn't different. Right. And I guess maybe a better example is don't kick your sister in the leg. Well, why not? It's the same. It's, but you, so you often, should grasp the deeper piece. Right. But so often we say, well, you just said don't hit him in the head. Mm-hmm. You didn't exactly. say anything about you didn't kicking say him in the kicking. leg. Yeah. Kicking was fine. Well, we were just right. playing. Right. Mm. As you get older, you yeah. should grasp the motivation. Right. We're talking about does the, does the road narrow? Yeah. And that, I think, is an example of as we exist in the presence of God and we get a deeper understanding of his love... It isn't because it isn't because God said do that or don't do that. You should the expectation of you. Um, the Apostle Paul uses the concept of a baby. Uh, when you were a baby, Christian, I had to feed you yeah. milk. Yeah. I had to yeah. nurse you along. You're once you've matured, I expect you to grasp these things in your maturity. It's not that difficult to grasp. I might put a twenty-two long rifle in the hands of my grand, my thirteen-year-old grandson, and train him to use that weapon for what it's meant for—for mm-hmm. uh, for hunting or for uh, for target practice. Or I might teach him to do those things because I expect him to have a grasp of the deeper, more mature thing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on this planet that would inspire me to give my four-year-old granddaughter the same twenty-two yeah, rifle. Right. It would be irresponsible of me to do that. So I guess not only does the road narrow, but the road also widens. Mm. I like that. You get, yeah. you get to be a part of things that you wouldn't have been a part of when you were immature. So there becomes, oh boy, there is a freedom not to sin, and there's a freedom to walk out of sin and its boundaries. You get to be a part of things that you yeah. wouldn't have been a part of mm-hmm. up to that point. I mean... And that comes with Christian, and since we're talking in a Christian sense, that comes with Christian maturity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the ability to do more 
and and I don't want to forget that you mentioned it in, in the beginning um, that we have a freedom uh, according to new dispensation mm-hmm. um, we have a, a a freedom we're If we do something, I'm trying not to get too far ahead, but if we do something, that doesn't mean it has to be the end of everything. We're, um, we're set free from that chain, those chains that could at one time would have bound us up mm-hmm. um, because of, of Christ's love for us and uh, the redemption that came on the cross. Um, I don't. I don't know if I'm really. I'm trying not to make too much of a point, but I'm trying to make a point. It. I'll. I'll just simply say it. We sin, but that sin, where it would there the penalty would have been, um, in the flesh we sin, but now because of the freedom in Christ, the soul, the spirit is no longer. Um, charged mm-hmm. with that, uh, cast in the sea of forgetfulness. If you want to yeah, put it that way, there's there's now no longer any condemnation, condemnation in, in Christ know, for Jesus. those who are in Christ Jesus. For yeah. those who are in Christ Jesus, as Paul says. Yeah. Um, well, and and I'm just you know I'm going through Romans. Mm-hmm. I just spent yesterday in Romans 12 through 24, and this whole concept of living, Romans. Let's just let's just say it's Romans 8. Let's just say, just go. Just go look up Romans 8. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul spends so much time in this whole concept of living in the flesh, mm-hmm. in the law, living in the spirit. And it's there is a freedom in living in the spirit, but there's also a responsibility in living in the spirit. If you mm-hmm. live in the flesh, then you you must be guided by rules. Yeah. And there becomes very straightforward, yeah, very, blunt, getting, it clear. Yeah, very blunt definitions of sin in the flesh. But when you're living in the flesh, you're a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. When you three-year-olds are living in the flesh, three, mm-hmm. four, they're living in the flesh. They're yeah. like, does it feel good? Does it not feel good? Yeah. We're living in the flesh. When I don't care about the greater glory of the household. Yeah. I want waffles. <laughs> but I do too. But honey, you had waffles for breakfast four days in a row. Today we need to get some protein. Yeah. You need to get. But I want waffles. You're living in the flesh. When you're living in the spirit, you should understand the greater picture. You should yeah. get the bigger picture. You should be guided by the spirit to understand the bigger picture. What's You're 13 now. You're 27 yeah. now. Or as the uh, Dostoevsky says in the in the Brothers Karamazov, when you're 30, you have to be a grown-up. Yeah. You have to be. <laughs> well, and that's where... That's where the, the road does get more narrow, mm-hmm. and, and you, I think we walked through it pretty well, where the road does get more narrow, but it also gets wider. Uh, it gets... Uh, because of, of this. You're living. sharing at that point. Yeah. This, is, this is the birth of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, the death and resurrection of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, where, where he, he takes up apostles and matures them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't... Like, hey, Peter, thanks 
for letting me use the boat, man. This was great. Yeah. Today, you will be fishers of men. Now, I need you guys to go out and heal some people, and I need you guys Here to go, go out and preach the gospel. Yep. Wait a minute. I don't know the gospel. We're off. Now, you're going to spend some time with me. You're going to mature in me. You're yeah. going to be outside, of, and you're still going to make mistakes. Yeah. But you're going to keep maturing as you move forward. Anyway, so Peter, after the resurrection and the the miracle of Pentecost, sin for him mm -hmm. is different than sin for Peter on the boat. Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different deal. Were they both would sin in both cases have been wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be outside of that this is living in the spirit. This is living in the spirit. Mm -hmm. This is living in the flesh. And we got to deal with those things. So, when the Puritans went to Hawaii, <laughs> I, I had I, I oh, got to yeah. bring this oh, up yeah. because it, to me it's a fascinating story. So the women were running around, you know, from from my understanding of the story, um, topless, yeah, totally topless, and the Puritans were just like, <gasps> yeah, we got to fix this. This is horrible. We got to fix. Was it counted? To them as sin in my mind there was no thought of that they didn't even think of it that way no not at all there there was no it was no big deal just living life doing our thing but they came and they said oh you guys got to get covered up you got to get covered up you got to get covered up um, was that in your mind a growing of them or was that a thing where we put something in order to be one of God's people, you have to. No, the Puritans were living in the flesh. Yeah, when I they agree. when they start saying what they're saying, yeah, they're living in the they're solving their problem. Right. Where, I absolutely agree. Which, with when you. we get back to you know, read Genesis one through four, and now you've read the whole Bible because mm -hmm. it's just going to repeat from that point forward. Yeah. When Adam and Eve commit the first sin. They knew. They perceived that their nakedness was a problem. Yeah. Did yep. God did not them being naked to God was like whatever. Who that told you you were naked, dude? Why are you run, Why are you Why yeah. are you worrying about this? Who told you you're naked? Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. God solved their problem with what they perceived. By clothing them mm -hmm. in animal skins, he had no problem. They were living in the flesh; yeah. he was living in the spirit. They, and, and so many people think when you say living in the flesh versus living in the spirit, wow, I'm gonna, because that's what I'm talking about tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm already like way deep in that, but but that's so much that narrowing and widening. The narrowing, what they, what the Puritans did, was narrow in, in unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you can't cope with it, and this is where we start getting to this sliding scale of sin, mm -hmm. if you, Mister Puritan missionary who came to here, or as I've understood, the Baptist missionaries that went to Africa, same mm -hmm. deal. They're like they paid mm -hmm. for. They paid to have 
boxes and boxes of white bras brought in for the African yeah. ladies who were going around bare-breasted. And, and, and to these African people, this was the most ridiculous thing. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I can't I feed my babies. It's hot, man. Are you kidding? Yeah. Why are you making a big deal out of this? In both cases, they started living in the flesh instead of living in the spirit. But mm -hmm. if you, Mr. Baptist missionary, you, Mr. Puritan missionary, you, Mr. Nazarene, can't deal with the bare-breasted women in this area, y'all need to go somewhere else. Yeah. Because you need to be honest with yourself. Can you deal with it? Is there a similar story um, to me? I, I see some parallels with the woman at the well. Okay. Yeah. Samaritan woman. Mm -hmm. Why is it, yeah, all the disciples, why is Jesus talking to her? Yeah. Does he not know? You know, Doesn't he know she's of this and of yeah, that and the that, other? Yeah. Now, they didn't even know about the husbands yet. Yeah. They just knew that she was a Samaritan. That's a woman. Why? Our right. rabbi is talking to a woman, a woman and a Samaritan. Who's a Samaritan. She goes to the wrong church. Right. <laughs> she doesn't believe like You know what those Samaritans believe, what they do. I think that we can call things a sin. And this is where we've already established, yes, there are certain things that are, that are sin, period. Mm -hmm. right. But the, I think that we can put things on people that we human beings like to call sin but is it necessarily um, was it necessarily sin for those Polynesian women was it necessarily sin for the, the African women what, or, or even the society the culture men and women was it a sin that that this Samaritan woman was Samaritan woman was talking to Jesus and what is he doing? What is Jesus? They should have already known. I mean, he, he's already been in trouble for eating with tax collectors and sinners. And now he's talking to this Samaritan woman. And, he, and yet they wanted to project on her something that they didn't have any business projecting on and her. All of the sins of the Samaritan people. Yeah. Sins of the Samaritan people. Yeah. They wanted to project on him. Uh, and what was happening here yeah. between those two. Now, here's an interesting question. If they had trouble with that, if they thought it was a sin, if they knew it was a sin, if one of if Peter had encountered her first yeah. and spoke to her. What would have happened? All the while knowing in his heart that it's wrong. Yeah. Is if I willfully transgress against God what I perceive as God's desire, mm -hmm. and God could care less, is it still a sin? That's where I think we have a tendency to put ourselves before God's plan. Amen. We put ourselves, we think that, that the danger is when we think we've got God figured out. <laughs> And that in itself is a definition of sin. Yeah. I've, I've got God figured out. I know what God wants. In fact, I know what God wants so well that I now will speak for God. Yeah. And when you do that, that's sin. You're in trouble. Yep. When you think you have everything that there is to know about God figured out, you need to go get a new God because your God is... Yeah. Not big enough. There, There is a difference for me. Every pastor does it every Sunday morning. 
hopefully after fervent prayer and seeking the Holy Spirit and guidance from there. But every pastor, every theologian, everybody who reads scripture interprets what they believe that scripture is saying to them. Sure. With honest intention, hopefully. But there are times you get it wrong. I don't think that's willful transgression. As yeah, most of the other I, guys do. I don't. I'm yeah. always, I always get it right. You're always right. Yeah. Okay. I love you, brother. <laughs> I'll just leave said. it at that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But, and, and I think that's willful. When you are willfully using Scripture to misguide people, we both know that Scripture tells us that that's woe to those yeah. who do that. Um, but an honest mistake after desperately seeking the Lord, I think the Lord's going to take that, and, and I think He's going to take it and you know use whatever anyway and bring it about to His glory and His good. Yeah. But when you are willfully doing something like that, right? Whatever it is. Then there's trouble. There's trouble so, to be okay, had. Okay, so there's the breakover. The question is not, or the question is, what is sin? Mm-hmm. Has been defined mm-hmm. when we say anything that goes off the path that God had in mind, anything mm-hmm. that is that is counter to what God wants, mm-hmm. is sin. Now. When we get to a Wesleyan definition of sin, a willful transgression against God. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to talk about what Wesley perceived, what I perceive, what Paul, and I'll give you some scripture on, on, on Paul's perception of it as well. What, and even Jesus speaks of sins differently. Now we're starting to get into what do we get from Scripture that tells us about what God's reaction will be to that mm-hmm. sin? Where does God place that? Mm-hmm. Where does God place that as you know, the God that says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Where does that God place what went down with you mm-hmm. in that moment? And I think we see so much of that in... So there's... A, what is What is sin? Okay, sin is... It's, it's not complex at all. Sin is whatever God's desire is, whatever God's plan is, mm-hmm. go against it. Okay. But then what is God's reaction to your sin, to your brokenness? Mm-hmm. This is where we get into the maturity question. Mm-hmm. This is where we get into the, uh, the gradation of sin, the Wesleyan definition of sin, the willful transgression. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, that's to me the... That's, to me, the nuance of it that makes it more complex. I I think of two stories that are in Scripture. The one is the table of showbread, um, where it's supposed to be for the Levites. Yep. There's a rule. It is the rule, and there's no getting around it. Right. That is the thing. This this bread is for them. I've said this, this. And then you have the Son of God using an illustration about the uh, David... Mm-hmm. feeding his men, you know, they're starving from the table of showbread that is supposed to be yep. for the Levites. And this Jesus, Yeah, and Jesus is saying, what's more important here? Yeah. You know, is it more important to heal 
on the Sabbath? Is it more important to eat this showbread here when the men are starving? Is it more important to we're starving, we're picking grain on a Sunday, you know, when you say don't work? Is that more important than somebody starving to death or somebody? So, yeah, I, I, I hear you. What is the intent of what's going on? Jesus uses, I think there, I honestly think there are like five base messages from Jesus. People want to give him like these 85,000 yeah. different things. I think that he had some pretty, pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Okay. And I think one of the most basic lessons is taught in those Sabbath lessons from mm-hmm. the Jews. <clears throat> if we don't give Jesus the power of being God, then we have to call Jesus a sinner. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus broke the law. Yeah. Okay. But he broke the law using... Uh, being ruled by the spirit and not being ruled by the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, his question to them in that case, so Jesus is in the synagogue, uh, is having a, a tussle with mm-hmm. the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, and and he sees a man in the in the synagogue, and they're discussing. Um, his relative power and then he says basically which is which is um, which is better basically yeah. uh, or, or, and um, he heals this man this man's hand on the Sabbath mm-hmm. um, and they're freaking out because he heals this man's Sabbath and his he uses something that seems like what he's doing is saying well let's well, what man says or what man needs is more important than God. Yeah. And and he flips it on them. He says, you're mad at me because I healed somebody on the Sabbath. When if any of y'all had a, a sheep that fell in the well, yep. you'd go get your neighbor and you boys would work till you got that sheep out of the well. This is a human being. Yeah. That's a, that's a sheep. What, who are we kidding here? What is better? To take to heal someone's hand, uh, or to observe the a day, mm-hmm. in a, you know that healing this human is what what is the priority. And but the then he says is, in a different version of that same story, he says, "Do you not know that the Sabbath was made for man? Yeah, that's just not where I was man going. Yeah. for the Sabbath. Yep. It's 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 the maturing of it. Exactly. By the time my grandson is thirteen, he should understand that you don't." kick your sister in the leg mm-hmm. because you don't want to be kicked in the leg and because we don't want to hurt people you shouldn't have to there shouldn't be a thing on the wall that has to say don't kick your sister in the leg and don't hit your sister in the head we should buy and don't pinch her and don't bite we shouldn't have to go through this whole thing yeah you Which, should know you don't do it because it hurts somebody i mean and, and if we look at the law as it existed it had a place in time. Paul yeah. explains to us. It, it was sure to point this out. Yeah. Um, but then you needed all that stuff. You were three years old as mm-hmm. a humanity. Mm-hmm. Now you're 20. Yeah. We shouldn't be shouldn't doing be, this yeah, anymore. Shouldn't have to do all this I shouldn't this have again. to say, if, you, if your bull, literally, specifically, if your bull gores your neighbor's 
gonads, mm-hmm. you owe him X, Y, and Z. Look, you knew that. You knew you yeah. should have had that bull you in should, the pen. Should, yeah. You knew that. Should already been and going you know on. if he hurt him that you owe him the stuff. Yeah. We need to live in the spirit, not in the flesh. But for Old Testament person, didn't we? did we need to go through all that stuff? Yeah. For some of them we did. Sure. Or God wouldn't have gone through it. Mm-hmm. But as we've matured, I think it the should 40, be the forty years in the wilderness proved that probably should have been. We, we needed it. <laughs> we, we definitely yeah, needed it. I've spent a few years in the wilderness. But, uh, yeah, and you know, and I'm going to add a little confession here. You know that a couple of weeks ago, I was I was smack dab in the middle of, of the wilderness. Man, yeah, I was understood. I was struggling with stuff. Yep. Uh, news we all that take I had. that trip. Yeah. But it didn't take long, a couple days, two or three days, for me to start going, yeah, this, this, is, not a, this is not the right path. This is not a good thing. It's not a healthy place to yeah. stay. Now, um, in September of 1980, before I became a Christian, I'd, if that hadn't happened, I'd probably still be on that path. You know, mm-hmm. still be, you know, this... Wandering this, around yeah, in the desert. To, yeah. <laughs> This forty years later, because you don't have the food. Um, but, but a different day now. Yeah, you know, a different time, a, a different period to to come back and and adjust a little bit. So I'm going to give a couple of examples of things okay. that talk through from the Apostle Paul about the gradation of or the difference in sin is a sin is a sin is a sin. When a, when a sin might not be a sin, mm-hmm. necessarily, but it could be a sin in a given circumstance mm-hmm. and, and what we walk through. So we talk about living in the flesh and living in the spirit. We talk about this idea of, of going back and forth and understanding. And Paul, talking to the church in Corinthians, um, they got sideways. I mean, he set the church up, he left, and then they got, they had people come in and try and tell them a bunch of stuff that didn't mm-hmm. make sense. and. And he's trying to redefine some things and help us understand some stuff. One of the problems that they had was when you lived in Corinth, they had these sacrifices to their gods and Mm -hmm. they'd lay meat out, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's all this meat and that's where you got meat. It was like the poor people didn't have meat, so there's a whole bunch of meat out there. But it was sacrificed to gods. And so for some people, if you ate that meat, then you were agreeing to sacrifice the gods. You were mm-hmm. worshiping the gods. To some mm-hmm. people, it's like, I was like, that, that, that there's a ribeye. I'm going to get yeah. me some of that. <laughs> I, I don't care what you call it. I'm going to get me some of that. Mm-hmm. So Paul starts talking through this, and he this is a very good example of living in the flesh, living in the spirit. And he says, mm-hmm. uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20, he says, I have the right to do anything, you say. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you say food for the stomach and, and the stomach for food. God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual, sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead um, and, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take 
the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites with a prostitute in one is one with her body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one in spirit, or is one with him in spirit. Um, flee from sexual immorality. What he's driving at is One of the things he says that I think is so great as a nuance for what sin is, is I can do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. He's saying he's free from the law, but I won't be mastered by anything. I can uh, bring up a conversation we had a long time ago. If I want to chew snuff, if I want to chew tobacco, fine, okay? But when you have to do it to get through a day... Mm -hmm. You've been mastered by that thing. I, I, it's okay for me to walk through a museum and see a beautiful representation of the human body and think, God, you're awesome. Look at that creation. Isn't that beautiful? Hasn't that artist done a great job of representing the body of a human being? Mm -hmm. it, that's awesome. But if it takes me on a field trip where I can't do anything but think about having sex yeah. with that person yeah. and the things that are going on and I can't get back to my reality, I've been mastered by that thing. If I, uh, if I then have to go you know, look at porn or, or deal with things yeah. in that way and I need that endorphin hit, I've been hit by it. Not sin, suddenly it becomes a sin. If I, need to, if I have a glass of wine with my dinner, if I've made that choice... But mm -hmm. then I have to have one for dinner the next night and the next night and the next night. And then I'm having one for lunch and dinner. And then I'm buying a bottle of vodka on the way into work. And yeah. then I'm having it for lunch and dinner. And then I'm having a nightcap before I go to bed. Now it owns me. Mm -hmm. And so we just took things that are okay. They're fine. I can do anything. I can have wine. I can't. But I can have wine. Yeah. But when it masters me, it becomes a sin. So it's like there's that gradation, there's that maturing, there's that. Sure. There's a difference in those things. I, I think he says it again um, yep. when it talks about like a, a stumbling. 10, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and then in Romans 14, now he's talking about being a stumbling block to other Christians. To somebody else. Yeah. But and he says it's better not to eat meat. At, this is in Romans chapter fourteen, and I'm mm -hmm, looking mm -hmm. specific, specifically at twenty one. He hits some things, he? Yeah, <laughs> it's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. If you know it's going to cause somebody to stumble and you do it anyway, that's a sin. Yeah, it's a sin of pride. Yeah, um, it's the sin of hurting somebody else. Yeah, it, it, it's the don't punch your sister in the head. It's the don't punch your sister in the but head. But you do it. Yeah. Um, you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they've decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether you should or, or not, or you should not eat something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. For if you're not following your convictions, there we go. Living in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit. If you're not following your convictions... If you do anything you believe is not right, conviction, following the Spirit, he says it, you're sinning. Um, drinking. Drinking for some people 
may be a sin, depending on their conviction. You took a, a, an oath. Yep. Made a promise. Yep. I'm serving as a pastor. I'm not going to do that. And I, and I know you, and I know that you've stuck to that. You mm -hmm. know, you've been very well at stick, sticking to that. Um, is drinking the same as drunkenness? Nope. I don't think so at all. Is drinking you know, a sin? Nope. Yeah. Um, but it, it could be. It could be. Um, it, moderation, There. what's the term moderation and everything? All you know, moderation. Yeah. yeah. Um, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you and tells you not to do something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. um, there are things that, and this is personal, between me and the Lord, through the Holy Spirit. There are things that I know that I cannot do, should not do, and I don't do them. There are certain things where I feel free about doing those yep. things. I, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's convicted me at all about this. Um, so those things, I have the spiritual freedom, you know. But it's, it's what Paul's saying is, are you living in the flesh or are you living in the spirit of God? Do you, do you hear yourself and justify what you're doing or do you hear the spirit and listen and follow the path that the Lord's given you for this? And that path can change. There are, you know as well as I do. Um, there are things that we could be doing that may be okay for now. Mm -hmm. Don't know specifically what those are. Yeah. You know, everybody's life's different. But it can come to a point where that's no longer a good thing. It's not healthy for you. Yeah. You need to stop that. Um, and God stops us in those yeah. moments. I would argue that yeah. there, you talk about has, has the Spirit convicted you of it. I think God matures you in, in, in the same way that we mature our children. Mm -hmm. He matures his children. Yeah. At some point, God may look at you and say, Hey, buddy, that thing, we need to deal with that today. And that happened to me not too long ago, not too many months ago, with a particular TV show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I watched. Yeah. And I was enjoying the show. It was, it was yep. pretty interesting to me. And there was something that happened in that show and I could feel instantly the Holy Spirit saying to me, is this really what you want to, to ingest? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, no. You're I making don't. light. They're making light of some yeah. things that I don't think yeah, are good. I'm not, I'm not happy says. with this. And, and it was, it, and it wasn't like a, you know, your big dummy hit me over the head. No. You know, it was a, well, you know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do this. I would and argue you're that you right, can Lord. almost feel the switch flip. Yeah. There's a little part of you that oh, goes. I, 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 I agree part with of that, it absolutely. Where God yeah. says, okay, buddy, we've reached it. And I, don't, I yeah. go back to my 13-year-old grandson. Yeah. You, you reach a point where you say, okay, buddy, here's the deal. I love you, and I know that you've enjoyed that. I get that. But we've mm -hmm. reached a point where that's going to cause you some trouble. Yeah. And we need to come up out of that. Mm-hmm. I I've dealt with it with podcasts. Because I'm a hunter, uh, because I'm more conservative, politically speaking, on some things, um, and because I'm actually more socially liberal and politically conservative, um, uh, if you, 
I'll tell you a way I'll tell you a way that you can you can <laughs> see this coming at you. Look at your YouTube feed. Yeah. And watch what the algorithm is feeding you. Yeah. And what I noticed because of some of the things that I've watched is I've noticed you start noticing the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird? You can almost say the algorithm and Satan. You could almost say yeah. same yeah. thing. Yeah. The earth or the flesh. Yeah. The algorithm starts feeding you um, toxic stuff. It starts feeding you stuff that instead of talking about instead of talking about something from a scientific perspective or, mm. or speaking of it in a in a more gentle conversational manner, it starts saying uh, Billy Bob destroys the liberal and you're like yeah. and some part of my heart goes probably shouldn't be watching Billy yeah. Bob anymore. Yeah. Because he's what are you eating? I guess would be some of the, a way of putting it. Am I putting? Yeah. Am I putting junk in me? And am I mature enough to know mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be drinking uh, the um, the spiritual equivalent of an energy drink three times a day? Yeah. You know, I need to start backing off the sugar and the caffeine. Maybe I need to go get me some meat and some vegetables and start. Maturing myself because there, there, there comes a time where I'm no longer listening to a conversation to learn. I'm listening to a, a rant. Yeah, uh, that's attacking. Yeah. Somebody. I'm feeding some. Yeah, I'm feeding some dark narrative yeah. in me yeah. that says I'm being picked on. I'm being hurt. Yeah, my people are hated. I'm, I'm gonna blah 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 blah. I'm a white. Uh, boomer, yeah, uh, Midwestern conservative Christian, and they hate us, and they're gonna take yeah. over, and, blah, 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 and you can just really get rolling right. on this thing until you're walking in Virginia with a torch over your head, chanting some <laughs> stupid thing. Yeah. It, but who I really am is a child of God. I'm a child of God, and, and I'm that's, good. And, and that's and, the path and, I should take. And I yeah. need to be. Things that take me away from being a force for love and peace, I need mm-hmm. to feel that. And that's maturity. That's you yeah. watching a TV show and going, yeah, not, eh, not, not good here. That doesn't work for yeah. me. Now, when you catch yourself going back and watching that TV show, that's sin. Yeah, exactly. When, when the Holy Spirit says, uh, hey, uh, uh, Rick. Uh, We've talked about this. That one, we're... Yeah. Come on, dude. Well, but 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 they're not showing the same thing they did in the last episode. Right, right. You know, we're, we're, well, we talked about. I'm this. gonna tell you. I yeah. know me, and you, we've had this discussion. It's part of why I have you in my life. As a dog returns to its vomit. Yeah. So a fool returns to his folly. Yeah. Uh, we are told in Proverbs, and I have matched that proverb quite regularly. <laughs> I have found myself returning to my vomit. Um, and and the and the maturity is recognizing yeah. the vomit. Yeah. Aren't you glad we talked about vomit for a while here? Dun, dun, dun. It's the recognizing your vomit. You know, recognizing, dude. Right. Um, I want to, I think this is a good segue into that. Recognizing the vomit. I like that. <laughs> what happens, Todd? I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to segue into situational sin. 
um, and we can use the showbread as a as a jump a board to jump off of yeah if we need to situational sin um, okay I'll paint this picture lying is a sin yep okay it's deception yep so you're in 1944 Germany mm-hmm. and you're Great friends and neighbors are Jews. You love them. You love them who they are as a people. Your kids and their kids play. You Hopefully know, by 44, they're already in your attic. Yeah. <laughs> or out um, of town. Knock on your door. Your wife peeks out the window and it's the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And she tells your neighbors who are over for dinner, go hide upstairs. Yeah. Go now. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. quickly. So while they're hiding, you answer the door, and he looks at you and says, "We know you're friends with the Jews. Are there any Jews in your house right now? Because they're they're not home, and we have a suspicion that they're here. Do you, are you hiding any Jews in yeah. your house?" Yeah. And you say, "No, I yeah. don't know where they're at. They must have went out earlier." Yeah. Is that a sin? Is that a it's sin? Lying. Thou shalt not lie. It's lying. Is that a sin? Yeah. Yeah. It's they're they're you're deceiving. Yeah. And, that's and my maybe, argument is my argument is very simply no. Yeah. And 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 I, will I think argue, it's eating the showbread. It is eating the showbread. Yeah. It is. It's pulling your lamb out of the out of yeah. the well. It's healing a hand on the Sabbath. Yeah. I give you a specific example of a person who during a war hid the Jews. Okay. Rahab. Yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. And she's a nasty old prostitute. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But the you mean, Jews you mean came, sinners yeah, can do yeah. The the Jews came into town to sack the town. They're they're spies. They're nasty old spies. Yeah. Who came into town, but they're God's spies. So we already have deception on for the right. And then boy, this is a slippery slope. Yeah. We have deception for the right. Who decides what right? Well, in this case, very clearly, God decided what was right. And so we have yeah. Joshua and his crew of fellas who are on this field trip, and they get into t- they get in, and Rahab, a prostitute who lives mm-hmm. on the outskirts, on the edge of town at the wall, brings them into her home and hides them, mm-hmm. so that they won't be captured and destroyed. Yeah. Um, and lies about them being there. So she's, we have deception, we have lie, we have war, we have all this stuff going on. But, but and throughout the rest of history, history yeah. she is For the rest of the time, this one shall be counted she, as righteous. righteous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm motivation we, does have to do with yeah. whether it's sin or not. It does. Yeah. Now, there can be wrong motivation, too. But, yeah, well... Um, and I'm thinking of just because whatever the particular sin might be, just because we rename it <laughs> to something that may sound more comfortable to us, uh, as in, um, I'm going to go out and party, man. Mm-hmm. You're going to go out and get drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, but we say party because party's the cool thing. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. and instead of. 
I'm going to go out for drunkenness and, and snot slinging drunkenness and get crazy and, and, you know, maybe wreck my car. Just because you call it, I'm going out partying doesn't make it right. Just because you change its name, um, just because you change its name from uh, premarital sex to, uh, he's just out sowing his wild seed, you know, his wild oats. Um, Just because you change the name, of the sin doesn't make it right. I'm going to stay late at work tonight. Yeah. Because I'm going to work late. When what you know in your heart is that Susie's going to stay late at work tonight too. Too, yeah. And she's going through a, a serious relationship problem because you guys have stood and talked at the water cooler and you guys have made a connection and you yeah. know it. And yeah. you're staying late at work tonight because Susie's staying late at work tonight. And then tomorrow night you stay at late work tonight because Susie's staying late at work tonight. And eventually, what you call being kind to her, you knew in your heart what you were doing was fishing yeah. for a physical relationship. And you told your wife you had to work late. Yeah. And, you and did pretty it. soon you're looking to go on a business trip. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and you... Situational sin. Yeah. The sin wasn't the night when you guys finally kissed and then it went farther. That wasn't the that was sin. Right. But the sin was night one. Yeah. Maybe when you started talking to her at the water cooler, when you know she was hurting. Mm-hmm. But you went way beyond where you should have gone. Yeah. Yep. The sin started. And none of that was a sin. Staying late at work isn't a sin. Right. But in this situation, it is. You sure. know that it is. And you know in your heart. Absolutely. If you're living by the Spirit, you know where that went sideways. You felt it. Yep. Just like Rick felt watching the TV show. TV show. Felt, it's the he same. felt the switch yeah. go, yep. click. Yep. You know. You just you moved into a whole new realm When here, your buddy. head started playing out, yeah. how, and that's what Jesus says very plainly. Um, you've heard it said that it's a sin to kill your brother but, or to commit murder. But I'm telling you, when you called your brother stupid head, Raka, yeah. when you called your brother stupid head, you sinned. You yeah. might as well killed him. And we all know in our hearts that what he didn't mean was when you call your brother a dummy. Mm-hmm. Like brothers tease. When you got angry enough at your brother to start name calling and having a spot in your heart where you're like, if that dude was gone, I'd be yeah. better off. Something in your head better. You're Something in your spirit, living by the spirit, something in your spirit should be going, mayday, mayday, yeah. mayday, mayday, abort, abort, abort. Head the other direction. Um... At one point, uh, Scripture tells us that um, whenever you're tempted, whenever you're tempted to sin, God will show you a way out mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. every single time. And you can argue that that's not true, but if you look back at what happened, there yeah. was an exit. There was an exit. Yep. You just didn't take it. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this is so awful. I'm probably going to have to do this thing. <laughs> no. 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 Well, I'm addicted, or I've got this problem, or whatever. Yeah. You know the exit ramp. You saw the exit ramp. You just, like me yesterday, I'm coming home from Dayton, and I go, and I go she's going to tell me to get off at 35. Yeah. And then she's going to tell me to get off at 1. I want to go to 3. <laughs> 
And it's usually and said, well I'm lit to, and I'm well gonna get to, I, I'm going to get to Highway 3 and yeah. there's going to be construction. Yeah. <laughs> and I should have listened to her to start yeah. with. You, and you think you, you yeah. I think this goes kind of all the way home, way back, is when you said earlier, when you think you know more than God, that's when we're going to be in trouble. Which is another, one last thing I want to talk about. Sure. When you think you know better than God and you start taking your pliers, your large set of needles, I'm not talking about yeah, yeah. little little bitty you you take know, your split. <laughs> when you take your wrench and you start trying to remove a, a speck out of somebody else's eye, yeah. um, that's sin. Mm-hmm. That's still, when you become more concerned about what somebody else is doing in their life. And we have them. We have those, the zealots out there who are, oh, yeah. well, that person is, they're, they're, they're gay or they're, they belong to this party, uh, this, you know, or they believe this thing or they go to this church and not the right church or, or they read th- this Bible and not the right Bible. Or when, when you start thinking that you know more than God, and you're going to start calling people out for what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and you start taking your, your pliers and removing the splinter in their, their eyes instead of the, the log chain that you need to take the, the log out of your eye. That's sin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I've often told people, um, you know, that I was involved with groups helping people deal with addiction mm-hmm. issues. And I've often told people... I don't, I don't have any reason to judge you or condemn you for who you were. What I've got enough issues in my own life that I'm dealing with. Uh, the one thing I can do though is love you and care for you. Yep. Um, that I will do because because there were times in my life when I wished that there was somebody that would have done that for me. Mm-hmm. And and it just uh, and I don't say that to toot my own horn. I say it to to say. There are better things that we could do with our time instead of trying to tell everybody what they should be doing. Yeah, ruminating on what they're doing wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of trying to figure out how we could love on them and get them to come yeah. up out of that hole. Yeah. Yep. Crawl down there with them. All right. Well, that's what I've yep. got, bud. Me too, man. All right. All right. Guys, Thanks, thank guys. you. Thank you for joining us. Hey, if, let us know what we missed. Yeah. Let us know what we got wrong. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we long to hear from you. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, please let us know um, as we go through this conversation together. Um, make make comments, too. Yeah. Let, us, let us know how you feel, what you think about these things. If you liked it, like it. If you didn't, let me know. Um, and if you would, if you'd like to know when we talk next time, follow us or subscribe, depending on what uh, media you're using to get to us. But we hope you have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. Take care.